Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. Welcome to the podcast, Bart Brooks, one of my dear friends in the Missouri Valley at the head coach at Belmont. You know, I haven't made a trip to Nashville in a while, Bart. I'd really like to get over there and, and check out some practice one day. Well, uh, forget practice. There's a couple of places to go uh, hear some music and co- a couple of cold beverages. Uh, would be a little bit more fun than practice. But yeah, you're always welcome. Great to be on, Deb. You know I love a cold beverage. Uh, <laughs> tell me where you go in Nashville. Where do you guys hang out? You know, uh, I'm, I spend all of my time at home because I've got two little boys and uh, they are, they keep me busy. Um, but there's a couple of barbecue places right next to campus, Edley's and Martin's. You can't go wrong with either one. Well, I was looking for, you know, like some nightlife, little live music. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you gotta have a date night once in a while, right? Well, we we have a, there's a couple of places downtown and uh, my wife and I, Justin Timberlake's got a club called the 1230 Club. And I've never seen them there, but they've got some great music and some pretty good food, too. Oh, cool. That sounds like fun. That'd be good. Well, how's it going, man? I mean, you guys just keep rolling, right? Sitting on top of the league in the Missouri Valley. And it's a competitive league. you got a lot of, uh, another year with a lot of great teams. Yeah, I mean, it, it's um, we're, we're obviously in a good place where we want to be at the halfway point. But, um, you know, we're, we're looking at uh, a gauntlet coming up at the next couple of weeks and uh, on the road, uh, really challenging road environments. We played six of our, our first 10 at home. So now we got to play six of our, our last 10 on the road. So um, I, I think we're in a, in a place where we'd want to be. Uh, if you, you told me we'd be in this uh, nine and one going into the second half of the league, I, I'd take it. Uh, but man, we've got a lot of work to do and, and a lot of getting better to do still. Bart, this is your second year in the Valley, and you went through the Valley last year, first time. You've been to a lot of those arenas, a lot of places, um, maybe new for your team, maybe not new for you. But what did you learn about the first year that you've been able to carry forward to help you this year in your planning the second time around in the league? Yeah, I think just the the quality of coaches, um, you know, the styles of play are, are so different in this league. Uh, you you don't see the same uh, the same offense every night. You don't see the same uh, the same defense every night. And, and that is really cool for me as a coach, because, uh, it helped me, you know, going through it last year, uh, you don't prepare for Drake in a day. You've got to, you got to start with them in the preseason and, and have, have a plan. You don't, you don't play against a team like Illinois state with all the stuff that they do offensively and have, uh, go into the game and just figure it out on a fly. You've got to have a really good plan and, and probably a plan B and a plan C uh, for all these guys. So I think just, having an awareness of that and understanding how how good these coaches are uh, we've got to be really prepared as a staff and we can't waste days in practice and I, I think that's helped us this second time around uh, at least have a better plan now executing the plan is another thing you know we've okay. got to be able to do that but uh, I think we've we've had a, a lot better preparation going into the first round of the, the games and now you know the real fun of playing in a great league is what do we do in game two and how do we adjust and how do they adjust and, and how, how can we help our players be in a good position to have success? Help me simplify some of this for the fans that are listening, because 
a lot of people don't understand all the behind the scenes work that goes into preparing for a season. So you referenced the summer and I always see basketball sort of like this, you know, fundamentals, everybody has to pass, shoot and dribble, and you got to be good at those things. And then there's the different concepts that you play in. Those concepts are, you know, philosophical or pace, or there's a lot of different ways how we're going to score, you know, what we like to do uh, offensively. When you're planning in the summer, conditioning is a part of it. Fundamentals is a part of it. How much are you th thinking about Drake runs this, Illinois State runs this, I've got to be prepared. And I'm thinking about that in June and July when I'm stacking up my practice plans and I'm getting ready to get closer to the season. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it's always in the front of our minds, knowing that uh, the quality of teams in our league and the quality of the, the coaching, as I referenced, um, we've we've always got uh, when we put in our base, you know, our base packages, uh, how we're going to defend certain screens. Um, we've always got in our mind: is this going to be effective against the best teams in our league? Is is if we guard a fly a flare screen this way, uh, is this going to be able to stop? you know, Coach Gillespie from getting her shooter a three and all of the stuff that that goes into that. So we try to to put our system together that our base is going to be effective against the best teams in our league. And then if we've got to make adjustments and tweaks, we can do that uh, game to game specifics. But yeah, so much of what we do is is trying to put our players in position that what we do the most is going to be the most effective against the best people in our league. And And I think that's that's really our are are the secret of our our success probably over the last handful of years is we've just we've tried to what we do all the time is most effective against the best teams and then if we've got to make specific adjustments we'll do that you have referenced uh coach gillespie a couple of times a head coach at illinois state and i know you and, and Kristen have a common thread through depaul and coach bruno i know how she feels about doug and and her relationship with him. And I know how you feel about him as well. You guys are all really connected under his tree. Um, what would you talk about if you're going to try to explain to somebody what you've learned from Doug and why he's been such a good role model and mentor for you? And his, his teams, his players were always so confident. And I just look back to, you know, some of the games that we won when I was an assistant with coach Bruno and you know, if you'd have, if you'd have said, "Hey, you can coach one of these teams tonight," I would never have picked the DePaul team in a lot of those games. Just looking at the players, uh, and not to disparage our players, but they were just so confident in who they were and what they could do. And Coach Bruno just had this um, this ability to give them the 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 freedom to be the best of who they were. And I think so many times when we played, our players were maybe a level better than uh, they they could have been under someone else because of their confidence and because of the style and the system and the competitiveness that coach has and and the standard that you do it every day. And, you know, you don't you don't have a, a day off. Shoot arounds were hard. You know, everything we did was with pace and with effort. And I think just this sustaining that over time has been. You know, I've, I've been a head coach for this is year seven for me. And I just think, how can someone do this well for 30 plus years? I can't I can't put my wrap my head around that. It's it's really hard to do it well one year, let alone consistently over time. 
you know, we all have a, a great fondness for Doug and, and what he's done for our game and what he's meant to all of our careers. So he's been had an impact on mine as well. Uh, let's let's go a little bit about your team. Let's talk about your team, what you want people to see when they see your team play. I know there's a lot of mutual respect across the league for what you do. Uh, how would you describe your style of play and, and what your players are doing right now? Yeah, well, this is a, a little bit of a unique year for me in that we're, I don't know how this happened. It was not intentional, but we're hanging our hat on the defensive end of the floor. Oh, you're breaking have, my heart. And I, you're breaking I my heart. Like, and if you to look at our practice plans, we we have about fifteen percent spent on defense, and the other eighty five percent spent on trying to get better offensively, because it's driving me nuts that we're scoring sixty points a game, but um, but we're also winning. <laughs> so right, you know, that's right. there's there's uh, there's some give and take there, but uh, I, I can't really explain it other than I think we've got some really competitive players, and they're they're. Uh, athletically, I think we're probably the quickest, uh, deepest athletic team that I've ever had here. And and we're able to do some different things with guard matchups. We're, we're big and physical inside, and we've got some depth inside. And so that's, I think that lends itself to being a good defensive team. Uh, but I think really where the growth of our, our season is, is where it's still in front of us is we have not clicked offensively. And part of that is we're we're trying to figure out our our point guard position. We've got a freshman in Jalen Banks who's really really talented, and she's kind of been thrown into that role uh, as a true freshman, and and she's learning on the fly, and she's so talented with the ball in her hands. Uh, but learning how to play uh, with other players on the floor who are also talented has been has been some ups and downs for for us as we go through the season. And then, you know, Emily LaChapelle, a transfer from Marquette, uh, became eligible. Uh, after the NCAA ruling, you know, in late December. And so she's only played in our conference games. So she's 10 games into um, trying to figure out she, she's really talented. She's in the rotation. And, and I don't feel like I've done a great job of putting her in position to do all the things that she does really well. And so that's still a work in progress. So we, we've got, um, man, I, I love our team. I love their competitiveness and their toughness. Uh, we, we've been hard to score against lately. Uh, but I think we're going to get really good when we figure out how to put the ball in the basket a little more consistently on offense. It's funny you say that because I would never worry about your teams ever being able to score. You run such good stuff and your kids always have adapted to in-game adjustments, which leads me to this question for you, Bart, because I sometimes look at um, coaching in these three categories. Like there's recruiting, right? You have to have talent. Then there's practice and developing players and preparation inside practice. And then there's the ability to game adjust in game, making adjustments, making changes. And when you're, when you have so much resource at your hands from an analytic standpoint, but you also have a great feel for the game because you've been in it for so long, how do you balance the in-game adjustments based on some numbers that may have swayed your decision or something that you just think this combination isn't going to work. Yeah, that that's a that's a challenge, and and there's there's um there's games where we we come into the locker room at halftime, and uh, the plus minus number is always one that sometimes blows my mind with players that I, I you know I feel like so, a certain player might be disrupting our rhythm offensively, and then you look at the plus minus, and she's plus nine, and everyone else is even, and 
you know, some of those numbers sometimes don't make sense uh, to what you see. But so much of it to me, to, you referenced it, that when you're when you're in the middle of it, there, there's a feel and a, a kind of an instinct. And I always go by that rather than the numbers. And the numbers can get overwhelming. I mean, the numbers, you can find a number somewhere that means you can you can make numbers work for you um if you if you look hard enough and and i've gone i've lost multiple days of my life going down rabbit holes of lineups and two person groupings and this three people play better with these two people and you know i've literally lost days of my life and that i can never get back because there's so much out there so i think for us just trying to focus on you know the three or four things that are really important uh, to our team's success. And for me, it's always the transitions of uh, how are we transitioning defensively? How are we transitioning offensively? Are we getting easy baskets? Are we giving up easy baskets? The rebound transitions, are, are we getting easy baskets on the glass? Are we giving up easy baskets? And trying to keep our team focused on the things that happen every possession, more than the two or three possessions a game kind of things. So I know that rabbit hole. I've been in it multiple times myself when I go into Synergy to find something. And then next thing, it leads me to something else. Yeah. And then I'm like, what did I go in there for in the first yeah. place? So I want to ask you, because we do have all this resource. We can look at the game through uh, an analytic, analytic lens where we can break it down. But also there's value in watching the game because you can watch the out-of-bounds plays, but you may not know what happened right before the, the coach might call timeout for a particular reason or... Um, somebody might have been hot that you didn't know and they, you had a feeling they were going to go to that person. How much value do you still place in and do you have time to watch the whole game versus breaking down the clips? Yeah, I'm probably a little bit different in that respect because I only watch whole games when, I, when I'm studying my, the teams we play against. I've got a great group of assistant coaches and they, they all are in charge of, of scouting our opponents and they do all of the clip stuff and they've got... You know, they've got everything organized by everything that anyone could ever possibly run. They know it and they know it inside and out. And for me, I'm, I'm really trying to figure out a lot more of the flow stuff of, you know, when does uh, the coach we're playing against, if they need a basket, where are they going? Who are they going to? And, and you only know that by watching the flow of the game and you see the rhythms of the game. And are they trying to slow the game down? Are they trying to play with pace? Are they playing with pace at the expense of a possession? Or are they, is the possession more important than the pace? And sometimes that's um, that's really hard to tell when you're watching, you know, clip A of a player shooting a jump shot and you don't get to see the rhythms and the transitions that I think are so important in basketball. There's a transition every time the ball shot, there's a transition. So uh, I think that's, that's a huge part of what I do when I study. Yeah, I, I love that, and uh, I feel the same way. I don't have a staff to break everything down, so sometimes you just got to fast forward through the old VHS way of yeah. watching a game, right? No, no <laughs> uh, doubt. Bart, you're on my list, man. Practice, film, barbecue, and a cold <laughs> beverage. Next time. You're always welcome. I'd love to host you. Thanks, Deb. <laughs>